Hello there. Galen Erso. Welcome to the Bubbles Guild, where we watch and review films. And if you're lucky, a few TV shows and games along the way. Don't know why I'm talking like that. So come on in, take a seat, grab yourself a drink, and get comfortable. I'm Luke, and as always, I'm joined by the UK's leading stealing the Death Star plans expert, Jamie. Chancellor Luke, stealing the Death Star plans are my speciality. <laughs> Obviously, they are honestly your speciality, and I am officially a Chancellor. So there we go. How are you, my good I'm, sir? I'm very good. I am. I'm, I'm proud to announce now. I can say this on the podcast. Are you I pregnant? A new... oh, 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 I look it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I wish that was the justification. No, I am just lazy and eat terribly. But I have been busy. I have got myself a new job I can talk about Whee. now. Um, well, congratulations. So, thank you. So just as we celebrated your teaching success, I am also on to hopefully bigger and better things. Still doing what I do now, but I had a nice offer, so I took it. But enough about me. How are you? Um, I'm I'm very, very good. Um, I, I've almost got two Platinums this week, which is great. So basically, I've finished my training, so I've got a lot of time off now until um, until I start the actual job in September. Um, so I Platinumed um, Spongebob, Battle you of the did. Bikini Bottom, Rehydrated. Finally, um, I've got around to playing it. <laughs> yes, you have. Like, I downloaded it when it was free for... Um, for PS Plus, and I just never got around to playing it, and I just, I think I just, just smashed it out in about eight hours. Just it's sat on it and just did it. It is, it's a really fun game. So I've never played it on PS2 either. No, me neither. No, I, I went into it completely blind because I, I was a bit of a sucker and paid fourteen pounds for it a few months uh, before it went free, and <laughs> I thought oh, I'll see what it's like. And I thought actually this is really fun. It's obviously just a remaster of an old platformer. Sometimes those are the, you know, the simplicity of it gets you sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Like, because um, I'm sort of in between being very, very tempted in buying the remake of Destroy All Humans, um, but Destroy All Humans Two, um, reprobed, I think it's called. <laughs> um, so, so the, the, the remake of that is coming out in August. So I have a um, very slight speculation that the August PS Plus might be the first Destroy All Humans. It makes sense because they like to put the yeah. feelers out to make you buy the next one, don't they? So yeah, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna wait and hold off on that just in case. But if not, then I'm gonna um, go ahead and buy it. Um, but anyway, I've almost finally. So I went back to the ascent, which I was talking about probably yeah. like six or seven weeks ago, and I am so close to platinuming that game. I need one trophy, and that trophy is to revive somebody who's in down but not out mode. So basically I've got to play it with somebody else um, who's been downed and I just revive them. Now luckily, my friend who's had a shout-out before, Ryan Clowes, owns the game and this Saturday he's hopping on for five minutes, dying and letting me revive him. And then I'll have the platinum. (laughs) I think Ryan there has just uh, earned his ascent to greatness. He has. He has fully earned his ascent in in all senses of the word, in a metaphorical sense, in a religious sense, and in <laughs> um, in a food sense. I don't know what that last one means, but he's he's bloody got it. Um, You've got to be hungry when you get knocked down. 
you honestly, it's, you, you're speaking words of wisdom right now, Jamie. Um, the, um, apart from that, what have I been doing? Um, oh, finally watched Stranger Things. Mm. Have yes. you watched them all? I have watched them all. You have. Now, just um, if you want to ignore spoilers, forwards, probably like two minutes, because um, I'm going to go straight in with a spoiler in three two one eleven dies she doesn't that's, a, that's, a spo- that's not even a spoiler but if you stayed around you absolutely pooed your pants right then as soon as i said that because you didn't choose to skip two minutes you fool um this is your chance to skip right now okay we're back um what did you think of it i loved it i really enjoyed it um i, I watched the volume one when that came out and uh it's one of those when you have a break from it, you kind of forget how good it is and how much you get. Yes. So the first couple of episodes, I'm always a bit like in and out of it, and then I start to pick up what's going on. I'm like, yeah, this is a uh, this is very nice. Uh, so <laughs> it left it on a real good point last time. It had really built up to what the finale was going to be. The secrets were out the bag, and we were ready for a big showdown. And I like <laughs> I've heard them say that with series five they're gonna do shorter episodes, but I really liked having I don't usually with T V shows like really long episodes. I like the sort of half hour, forty minute ones, but I absolutely loved having almost feature films for every episode. Yeah, you did get a lot more content, but I I did feel that extra fifteen minutes on the first two episodes and I was a bit like, Oh god, is this gonna be it? But but I think all the ones past that just the sheer content and everything that was going on. Like, yeah. I really loved Hopper's storyline. I loved that it. Was favorite, that was my favourite, I fav- Yeah, it's my favourite as well. I was hooked to that. Um, and you really grow attached to him. But you do more and more throughout the whole series. But when you got to the end of Series 3, and he supposedly dies, obviously major spoilers alert if you've not watched it yet. We've told you to skip. Get on with it. Um, <laughs> Get on with it. <laughs> It's really sad that he's he's dead. I know that they announced, like, they kind of teased at the end of that episode that he was alive by saying, oh, no, not the American. Don't feed him to the Demogorgon. And then they almost confirmed in, like, a teaser trailer two months later that, oh, yeah, he's alive, he's in Russia, he's in, a, like, a labour camp. But I loved that storyline. I loved his character development and seeing him reunite with Eleven at the end. Like, that, that made me a little bit teary. It was so sweet. Yeah, it was great. Nice you saw she did him. leave the door open. When she went to slam the door behind her, she left it a few inches open. Yeah, I noticed that. It was a great, nice little detail. Yeah. So, I was really happy with how it panned out. They left, obviously, a bit of a cliffhanger, but not too much that I'm like, oh, why didn't you finish it? It was... Okay, yeah, we've dealt with one thing. Now we're going to see the final conclusion. But there's so many fan theories coming out, isn't there? Uh, there is a lot of them, like particularly around uh, our, our dearly departed Eddie, um, that he might be coming back. I don't know if you've seen any of those. No, I've not seen about him coming back. What's all that about? So, in D and D lore, which the the show is heavily based on, yeah, uh, Vecna is eventually defeated by I believe it's pronounced Vas, who is a vampire who is his right hand man but then turns against him and he became a vampire by getting eaten by bats. Oh, yeah. And there's lots of little clues, like there's a tattoo on Eddie's arm which matches the description of Vass. Um, Right. Also, there are some really big Easter eggs, like he's a big Iron Maiden fan. um, Yeah. And he picks up the Iron Maiden tape and says, this is music. And 
on one of Iron Maiden's albums on the cover art, there is a uh, writing on the wall that says Eddie Lives. Oh, people, right. There was okay. a long web of people tying it together, and it's the kind of things the Duffer Brothers do. Um, so there's some theories there. It might just be a case that we just clutch in and the first stage of grief is denial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he I could just be dead. <laughs> I can imagine they see um, all these theories. Like, write that down, write that down. <laughs> yeah, get it all down quick. I I bloody love this series. I thought it was... Um, I think it's been the... Like, I think two was... Two's probably the worst. Um, three was all right. Yeah. I love... I still, I still think the first series is my favourite. Yeah, I think so. Purely because it's like Alien, the original yeah. Alien, where it's just like one monster and that's it. It goes very deep it, afterwards, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just like the series on, but I think this is sort of on par with it, this series. And I did appreciate the two and a half hour episode, which um, me and Rachel, my girlfriend, watched um, watched at um, three in the morning. So we didn't go to bed until 5 a.m. We just oh. did them all. We just did them all. And we just thought bugger this let's stay up and let's watch it and we i remember going to sleep yeah. at like 5 a.m and it was it was great it was a great you messaged time. me didn't you about three like i'm just about to start stranger things and i'm like i'm in the last 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. have fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly like it's such a good i think the way we did it is what we watched the first two the day before and then the day we watched them all we just watched episode three to is it nine episode nine I think. eight I think I think the first eight, eight seven or eight, whatever the last one is we watched them all uh, in one big first, chunk then two more maybe I think yeah chapter I nine know. I think was the last chapter yeah but we were uh, we we're loaded up on snacks which was great um, good. but yeah I'm I'm gonna give it a on our little scale I'm gonna give it a I think I'm gonna give it a one not point five not five very good it's glass but it's got a few cracks in it. Yeah, I think it could have. I don't know what what about it could have been, but I think something could have been better. I think those first two episodes could have gripped me a bit more. Yeah, potentially because I it don't was a think bit of a slow burner. Enough. The first part of volume one. Um, yeah, um, we're going to move on because I did say that was two minutes and that was seven. Um, <laughs> great stuff. Um, however, there is something that you, my good sir, wanted to talk about. Oh no, I've forgotten what I wanted to talk about. You can, I, I actually cannot believe that you have forgot. Oh! Ah, that, 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 God that of was War. a very subtle clue if you did pick it up. God of War Ragnarok Whey! has been announced for the 9th of November for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. If you're, other, or if you're on other consoles or you're just on PC, tough luck. You made bad choices, and now you've got to live. You with did. The you made the worst choice of your life. <laughs> I mean, they might have their own exclusives. You might have upgrade options with PC and markedly better performance. But it's got a war. Everyone loves got a war, right? I think they do. I'd say they do. I think everybody does. I mean, so, at least it's um, at least it's changed. Unlike Halo, I've spoken about <laughs> my distaste for Halo before in the past. I'm not going into it again. Let's move on. The only Halo we like is the one on F1 cars that saves their lives. Um, big W for the Halo. Uh, if anyone didn't see on the weekend, just gone saved. Yes, the life I of did see that. That was Joe Granu and a Formula Two driver. Um, 
and also Alex Albon, it helped out there. But anyway, we were talking not about Halos or Formula One cars. Um, I have gone off topic as usual. <laughs> God of War, we were treated to the release date. We were also treated to, I believe, a new gameplay trailer, weren't we? Um, and some new um, I think it's imagery. cinematic, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, sorry, cinematic trailer. And some some nice still shots coming out of that where we can see some characters. I was quite keen to see a Fenrir, the Fen Dweller. Son of oh, Loki, yeah. but maybe not in this universe. Um, and... Also, they've announced the God of War Ragnarok Jotner edition, which comes <laughs> which with some, you're definitely going to get. I probably am. It comes with some little freebies, like some printouts and some badges, but it also comes with a 16-inch replica of Thor's hammer, otherwise known as <laughs> Mjolnir. <laughs> Somebody could cut that dialogue for you saying something completely different. <laughs> it would be... 16 16... <laughs> <laughs> A 16-inch replica of Thor's. <laughs> my um, god what has this podcast turned into close your ears oh, I'm going to have to Absolute put explicit filth. content on it soon uh, <laughs> honestly horrific anyway but, uh, <laughs> you get a Mjolnir replica 60 inches um, <laughs> so you can definitely have fun with that um, I think that's just the handle though um, so. oh god <laughs> yes very excited for that. Cannot wait. Will probably treat myself to that because I don't have many collector's editions of things. I got the little sausage dog keychain with Far Cry 6. That's about oh, it. Oh, did you? I did. I've got a little keychain of Shalitso, the sausage dog. Oh. Somewhere in his wheelchair. Far Cry 6. I shall do my best to remember to send it to you. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, it's quite good. They had a Stranger Things crossover as well. I don't know if you saw that. Ooh. Where the mind Very player nice. was walking across the map. Oh no, I'll um, I'll have a little search of that. But yeah, send that over if you can. Um, I'm we was I'm we were talking about it, weren't we? Yesterday, God of War. Um, and we think it's not just going to be in Norse mythology because of that um, giant painting mural thing from the last one that you find in yes. Tia's cave or whatever, don't you? And it's got the um, it's got the Omega symbol, so obviously the Greek gods. And then it's got um, some form of Nordic symbol for the Norse gods. And then it's got a little Celtic thingy, clover-looking thing, which is obviously a little shamrock thing, which is obviously for the Celtic gods. Um, And then you have the Eye of Horus in one of the corners for the Egyptian gods. So we were talking about it, and we think there is a potential that... Because they've only shown little, little bits, like... They're not going to have shown anything past the first couple of hours. No. And these game, this it's got to be at least like sixteen to twenty hours. That easy. Must be, yeah. I hope it follows so, the same format, like one continuous story. I imagine it will do. I'm pretty sure it it, it will. Because I mean, and and by the looks of the gameplay trailer, it looks like you start on exactly the same map. Now, they're not the type of developers who are going to just going to give you the same map. No. If there's the same map at the beginning, that's getting destroyed. Well, you could potentially go to Asgard, couldn't you, and Jotunheim, and because um, you do visit Jotunheim, don't you? I believe at the end of the last game, yes, is where you scatter yes, the ashes. You do. Um, yes. So potentially, it's Ragnarok at the end of the day. It's, it's the end of end of worlds. Um, so perhaps we ascend from from Midgard to. Um, it's not just Asgard. I forget what it's called. I know Midgard is like the middle ground, and then the the heavens are. Asgard's just a place there. Jotunheim's also in that place. I forget what it's called. They're all there. They're all on the tree. <laughs> yes. So maybe we go there, but you you believe that we might be dipping into the other mythologies and travelling into maybe some time jumps, don't you? 
Yeah, because I, I just think, especially in the last one when you was trying to get out of hell, um, out of the underworld, um, and like Zeus and stuff, and you could hear him and you could see him in the clouds and everything, and then Hella, not Hella, Hera, that's it, Hera turned up. It was great. Like all of it, it's just it's bringing back this thing of the for the people who've played the old games. It's just like this little 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 chef's kiss, um, and it's exactly what you want. It's it's exactly what you want. I just want more Greek mythology all the time, but I want him to go through and cut um, like Tutankhamun's face off or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just give me something mad. Just give me a mad moment where you like where you're putting your um, blades of chaos and you're sliding down the sides of the pyramids of Giza. Just give me that. That would be amazing to see. That's all. That's all I. That's all I bloody want. Um, right. We're going to get into this bloody film. Um, now, don't worry, I haven't forgot. Um, <laughs> before we get into the film, obviously we're going to do the perfect pour in a moment, but um, as you can see, we are back on the train of the Star Wars movies after last week's hiatus of doing a Lego game. Now, obviously we've just spoken about God of War and we'll probably probably do God of War when it comes out. A little special. Maybe even... Do a little special of the first one or something like that. Who knows? Oh, who knows? I've just come up with that right now. Dip our toes into it. Right. It's time for, as some would call, the um, the world famous segment, the perfect poor. I think you could have got some more syllables in there. Perfect. Perfect of the week. Yes, we're back for the perfect pour of the week, and today is a um, is a very special one because I, I think I mentioned this one last week on the podcast, but I didn't um, I didn't I didn't end up getting it, and it's weird because it's a lager, um, oh. and I don't usually have lagers, but this is a Camden Town. Ice cream vanilla lager. Oh, that sounds fancy. Yeah, it does. It sounds great. It's it's not a pint. It's just a um a four forty mil can. So it's just under a pint. We're gonna ah, not quite a little stubby. Yeah, we're gonna crack it open. Oh, listen to that. That's a good one. Let's have a smell. See if it is vanillary. Whoa! Hey, it's either gonna taste great or really really bad. It's like. It smells like... You know what it smells like? A mix of beer and cream soda. I was thinking that's probably what it would taste like. A bit like yeah, cream right, soda. Pour it. Oh my god, the head on this. Crazy. Oh my god, it's huge. The head is massive. This is an awful... This is an awful pour. The, uh, I'm not used to pouring a lager. <laughs> Um, I'm about to pour it incredibly slow. This is great listening. Du, 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 I'm just going to have to let that head settle because it's like a bloody Bavarian beer, this. It's massive. Oh, you just, uh, what do they call them, a stein for it? Yeah, you do. Need a, you need a stein just for the head. I'm actually struggling to get all the beer in because of how lively this head is. Oh, it's dear. Crazy. Oh, my God. I'm excited I'm to see the damage. 
imagine having to eat a bit of the foam <laughs> just to get the rest of the beer out of the can. Okay. Right, it's all in. Um, the head is calming down, but this is a absolutely gigantic head on a 440 mil. It's so lively. This is like great. You'll see what I mean in a moment about how lively it is. And a 321. I've taken a photo. We'll have a look at this. Um, okay, I'm sending it through. Here we go. Okay, I shall wait patiently. Yeah, sent through. Should be going to you right. Right now, there, there we go. Oh, that is very lively. Yeah, you see what I mean? It's like a massive, it's ridiculously large. So you always asked me to rate the pause, didn't you? Yeah, I, now, I mean, I don't think it's a great pour because it's too lively. Potentially. I mean, the beer itself looks an interesting colour. It's got almost it a, a golden hue about it. Um, it looks a little bit a little bit cloudy, which suggests that there's probably some actual flavour to it. It might have a bit of a bodiness. They often say that about beer, don't they? A full-bodied lager. Yeah, nice body. Um, I I can't say it's the perfect pour, unfortunately, this Ooh, week. Ooh, okay. Just because you had to take a few bites out of the head. I did have to take a few bites out of the head. Which if I hadn't have done that, it would have been awful. strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all right, Paul. Maybe a bit less head on it, like you said, but it was very lively. So all things considered, I think you did all right. Oh, well, thank you very much. Now, obviously, this is going to be up... Um, tantalise your ears but um, I'm going to go and have a little taste of it now Let's have a... it does smell a little bit cream soda it's weird you know what it's weird but nice oh one of those that you can't decide quite or what it is about it but Let me... it hits the spot you know what? I'd have it again. Oh, really? I'm, ah. I'm not a big lager drinker as well. That's nice. Um, it's it's more creamy than, than vanilla-y. Um, it's, apparently, it's got milk powder in it. Oh. That's what the it. malt is. So it's malted be, with yeah. lactose, powder, yeah. With, and it's got vanilla essence in it as well. All the flavours. Like, I can tell. Yeah, no, you know what? That's a great beer. Well Good. done, Camden. There Hang we on. go. Great stuff. Anyway, that's beer talk over. Uh, <laughs> have you got a beer today? Or have you got a I have already opened it and drank about half of it. I am drinking the classic, all reliable, Brewdog Punk IPA. Yes, great beer. It's yeah, it's tasty. Very I won't good. review it fully because we know it's good. <laughs> yeah, well, we do know it's good. It's just it's a it's a modern classic, um, as it says on the side of all the tents. Um, now, this film, the small rouge one, um, I've written <laughs> five pages of notes. Oh wow! Um, I'm probably not going to go through everything that I've said. Oh, we're going to be here for about an hour and a half. Um, I don't know why I wrote so much. Usually I write about two pages, but I just kept stopping and writing things. It's mainly quotes that I thought was really good or something that I noticed. Okay. I'm excited to see um, what you picked up because I just picked up flashing lights and explosions. Wow. I mean, that's all of the Star Wars films. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm easily impressed. That don't impress me much. Ah, 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 ooh, yeah. Great. Let's not get copyright striked or something. All right. Uh, anyway, I think this film is so bold in having no opening titles. It's brilliant. Well, it was the one of the first bits of live-action Star Wars content, wasn't it, that wasn't part of the main saga. So this yes, came out I... between the releases of Episode 7 and Episode 8, which don't yes, exist. Yes, it did, yeah. No, they don't. They don't exist, no. but this still came out in between them. I remember going to see it in the cinema when it came out. I thought, oh, I'll go see what that's about. And I was like, yeah, I like that. It was good. <laughs> but it was quite daring to tread into that territory that had never really been stepped in before because it's brave that they're looking at between the prequels and the original trilogy because they purposely left a, about a 20 year time gap didn't they so that they didn't have to worry too much about continuity I suppose at the end of Revenge of the Sith to say okay yeah, that lines up roughly with that when you start fiddling with stuff in between and, and this is the worry with Kenobi wasn't it whether you break canon or miss with the plot lines um, but they did it quite well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I, I really, I, I've said before in the past that this is probably my favourite Star Wars film, um, and I, I definitely think it's still up there. Like, I think after watching all of them again, I think I might give it a bit of a reshuffle. I don't know, but okay. still, right now at the moment, this is still firmly at the top. Yeah, I, I think Revenge of the Stiff is... Uh, Revenge of the Stiff. <laughs> Honestly, you've got that Mjolnir on your mind. Oh, I was going to say Revenge of the Sith is still my favourite. Watching this again, I'm like, this film is really well made. It's a really interesting story. And the actors are great. The story's great. I love it. I like it. I'm one with it the is, film honestly. and the film is with me. Exactly, and it's it's exactly you, you're already bloody passing all the way far ahead. It's it's great. It's got I think it's obviously it starts with that. It's really quickly paced at the beginning, and it sort of cuts between loads and loads of different planets, which are which I really like. But it does start on um, I forgot what the planet is, but it starts on a little moisture farm planet, doesn't it? And um, and as you said at the beginning, um, Galen Urso, his um. It, on his little farm, and he's played by uh, none other than Mads Mikkelsen, who is probably one of my favourite working actors at the moment. He's great. I like him. He was good in Casino Royale. He is good in Casino Royale. Have you seen um, Another Round? I've not. It's shock it's horror. Inc- incredible. Probably like one of my favourite films I saw last year. So good. It's it's absolutely brilliant film that is. It's and amazing. He's in that, I'm assuming. He is in that. He's the main character. It's um, oh. we're gonna go slightly off. Um, it's about um, four. It's about four or five um, school teachers in Denmark um, who decide to keep their blood alcohol level at one percent constantly. So basically, oh, they're wow. just verging <laughs> on drunk. <laughs> That's um, uh, so then, another round is like. Should we have another round drink? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, wow, and, what a the, and obviously hilarity ensues um, and then they end up having another round and they end up upping it to like 1.2% and then it just sort of all gets out of hand and it's a good film it's like funny but then it's sort of 
quite sad and it's got it's got a lot of heart as well Ooh. but anyway um rogue one we're getting completely off topic already and i've only made it through three notes <laughs> <laughs> um so the death troopers with orson krennic played by ben mendelson fantastic actor arrive at galen's moisture farmhouse and they're trying to get him back to come back and finish his work on the death star um He's told Jin, his daughter, to go and hide, and his wife also, who I've completely forgot the name of. Lyra. Um, and he t- what was it? Lyra. I'm sure it was Lyra. Lyra. Like, we're going to go with Lyra. He tells Orson that Lyra um, is dead, and then they start, like, talking. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, go and search the house. And then Lyra comes up with a gun, pointed at him, and Ben Mendelsohn says the most sarcastic line that's ever been said in any <laughs> Star Wars film, ever. He just looks at Matt Mickelson and he just goes, oh, look, Lyra, back from the dead. <laughs> it's so good. It's There's so many so funny good. little one-liners in this film. I love it's it. So the humor's good. there. It is. The humor's right there, and I think when the humor does pop up, it's really good. Um, anyway, Lyra gets shot, she dies, um, and then Jin goes on the run because she sees her die, and then she hides in like a little, a little underground tube, like a little hole, doesn't she? She does. It's like a little manhole, uh, isn't it? A uh, little cubby under the ground, and yes, yeah, some sort of like bunker for for hiding and stuff. But anyway, um, the death troopers end up going looking for her, and I found this really interesting because I forgot that this was a part of it. Why does she have a stormtrooper toy? I don't know. I'm assuming it's it was something she got when they do show a scene later on, don't they, where she was on the um, Imperial somewhere within the Imperial fleet when Galen was working for them uh, as a child. So maybe it was something that the Empire gave her. Well, I mean, maybe, but I can't. They have merch. They must have a gift shop somewhere on an Imperial. Probably. Starship. But like, can you imagine like Darth Sidious just just be like, uh, yes, I think we need some action figures. <laughs> like, well, we've got to fund the death. It is Disney. Like, some action. Fi- <laughs> it is Disney. Don't it's mess like, with the mouse. Don't want. sue me, Mickey. <laughs> yes, exactly. There we go. Do not sue us. Um, You're getting sued, so boy. There's, uh-huh. <laughs> there's the um, stormtrooper toy, um, and then Forrest Whitaker, who's playing Saw Guerrera, um, he finds her. And then, bang, we get the title card. So we're finally at the start of the film. We've had a little prelude, and we're at the start of the film. Yeah, and we don't, and we don't get a, a nice full start. credits rolling, do we, like we used, like no. we used to. So it was, I quite like that, because this is in the Star Wars universe, but it's not, I mean, it's called Rogue One, a Star Wars film. But it's not a Star Wars Skywalker saga film. That They're making a point that this is in the universe, but it's not episode 3.5. It's its own thing. Enjoy it. Boom. And you love it. And I do love it. Um, it so basically, after that little little thing, it's cuts to the very near future. Um, and Jin is sort of in jail on a planet, if I'm not wrong, called Wabani. Um, I think I'm it pretty was sure Wabani. it's called Wabani. That seems right, unless it was like wasabi or something. But I'm pretty. Sure Maybe it might be wasabi. Who something knows? Something you coat peanuts um, with. Who knows? Um, so she's in jail on Wabani, um, and then this is the bit where I mean it sort of like cuts 
between loads of different planets and then it cuts to a place called the Ring of Cafron which is a trading post where Andor is roaming and who's the person who he said he bumps into who's sort of giving him information Danny Mays right Danny so what's, what else has he been in before so Danny Mays there's so many things we've seen he was the husband in Maiden Dagnum if you ever watched that Oh God, he is, isn't he? Yeah, he is in. He's one of the. Um, well, he starts off as one of the main sort of antagonists or characters in, I believe, series three of Line of Duty. Um, spoiler alert: He's only in it for a few episodes because uh, pressure gets a bit too much for him. And, um, and wow. I also spoiler. Know, <laughs> I also know that he's in um, White Lines. If you watch that on Netflix. It was a, um, it was a show oh, about drug dealing it, but I know what it is, Ibiza. Yes. So he was in that. And he was also in an episode of Doctor Who. I don't know how much Doctor Who you've watched in the last decade, if this was even within the last decade. Oh, God, it was probably just outside it. Um, um, it was... I watched all of Eccleston, Tennant and Smith's. Did you see the Matt Smith episode where they go into the dollhouse, where they get shrunk down... And Amy and Roy are in the dollhouse, and then when the dolls touch them, they become these big wooden dolls. Um, I must have done, because I remember watching them all, but I don't specifically yeah. remember that. There's episode. a little boy who's scared of everything, and it turns out that he was actually an alien. Um, but his dad, who isn't actually his dad, but the boy turned up and implanted himself into all their memories... Uh, the dad is played by Danny Mays, and he seems to play the same character in everything. Someone who desperately wants to get to the bottom of things. You know, always seems to have a plan, but is also terrified. And we can't do this. We can't do that. What if this goes wrong? He plays that character in pretty much everything, like the right, bumbling and in dad. This he has the <laughs> he has the added worry of having a broken arm for some reason. Yeah, he's always a bit of a calamity character. He's always a bit I like mean, panicking about things, but he plays it well. M- Maybe we're getting an origin story to his broken arm in series two of Andor. <laughs> Maybe. It would be good to see who him. Knows? Um, but yeah, Danny Mays, there we go. Someone who you typically just see in BBC dramas made his and way into turned, a Star Wars film. Yeah, turning up in Rogue One. Um, anyway, um, Cassie and Andor just kills him. Yeah. <laughs> like he just kills him. He's like, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I can't get out of here because I broke my bloody arm. And then, <laughs> and then. Um, Andor just basically just goes, ah, he's going to slow me down. Just shoots him in the back. Just just murders him right on the spot. And then oh. we cut to a place called Jeddah, which, Jeddah. Is, the Imper- which is the Imperial Moon. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we've got Bodhi Rook, who is played by Riz Ahmed of Four Lions fame. Have you watched Four Lions? I have, of course. Oh, Four yes! Lions. I Four absolutely Lions. love Four Lions. What a film. <laughs> Can I have 12 bottles of bleach, please? Um, amazing <laughs> film. It's honestly, like, if, if, if whoever's watching this hasn't watched Four Lions, um, go on whatever it's called now. What is it called? All Four? 4OD? Four What's four it called OD, now? Yeah. All Four, I think it's called. All Four, whatever it is, the Channel 4 streaming service, and it's on there. If you're not from the UK, get a VPN. And you can probably buy it for account. a few few pounds or if you're in america a few dollars on amazon prime probably it's yeah. great basically it's um, a satire about some terrorists who are gonna yeah. um who are gonna do a terrorist attack on the london marathon but it's a satire and it is very very like very 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 funny and um it has uh, benedict cumberbatch in one of his first starring roles um saying are you an arse man 
I'm an arse man. <laughs> I bet you're it's... an arse man, aren't you, Wadge? It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Such a good film. Oh, oh that would be a really good one to do for this, actually. Yeah, that's we'll gonna go that. right on the list. So watch out for four lions coming at you sometime while we're doing this podcast. Anyway, um, so Riz Ahmed, Bodhi Rook, has um, defected. So he is a Imperial fighter pilot, and he's defected. Um, and he's looking for Sorgarera, and basically he gets a thing put on his head, a little bag, and he gets taken to Sorgarera. Then it cuts back again to Wabani, and Jin is not in prison anymore. She's in a transport hub, um, and then it stops all the stormtroopers, which I'll say, I love that all the stormtroopers' armour in this film is just, like, filthy. Yeah, it's really realistic, because in the originals, they're always shiny, aren't they? Even though they're, well, they spend a lot of time on just a space station, but... It's nice that when you see them go to like these dirty, dusty planets, it gets on their gets on their armor. They're wearing a white, you know, white suit. You're gonna see it, aren't you? It does, and it, honestly, I, I think that's a really nice detail. Um, so basically, the rebels come in, let everyone go. Jin's like, "Oh, I'm gonna run away." She kicks one of them in the nuts, um, and she jumps out. And K2SO, who is my favorite character from this film catches her mid-air and bloody choke slams her into the floor and he just looks at her and says congratulations you're being rescued <laughs> it's so good it's such a good line such a good opener for that character because it tells you everything you need to he's know sassy. about him <laughs> he's sassy he is sassy he just needs a couple of clicks in there and he's the sassiest person you've ever seen in your life <laughs> i absolutely absolutely love him and there are more quotes from him that i'm sure you've got written down I think I do have a few, yes. But he's just so sarcastic and witty. And the droids are the best part of Star Wars sometimes. Some people hate droids in Star Wars. I love them. I think they're so good. Ah, They're amazing. Like Probably some of my favourite parts as well. Um, My next note just says, Yavin 4, baby. That's all it says. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think it was great. I completely forgot that Yavin 4 was in this film. I completely forgot when I saw it. And I went, there it is. No, there it is. Um, and I found out recently, you know, um, in episodes 7, 8, and 9, if they were ever made, um, there was going to be a character called Poe Dameron. Um, and do you know he's actually meant to be from Yavin 4, his character? Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. so he's like no. a native to Yavin 4, apparently. Oh, I know, I never knew that. That's interesting. Yeah, I found out the other day. I'm not sure where I found out the other day, but I definitely remember finding out that piece of information anyway there we go um so basically after being rescued Jin is now on Yavin 4 um she's being questioned by the head teacher from sex education um Michael Groff I didn't notice that he was in it I noticed that he was in (laughs) it yeah I was like I was like that's just the head teacher from sex education Um, I was like that's Michael Groff that's Adam's dad <laughs> honestly it's, it's mad and he's great in this role um, and Mon Mothma's there um, and it's, who's the same person who got cut from episode 3 didn't she yes was well, supposed to be so in she, it but then wasn't yeah so she's reprising her role thank god she actually got the chance um, so they're basically they're questioning her aren't they about Galen and um, and Saw Gerrera getting Galen to testify against the Empire um at the Senate, basically, so everyone in the Senate's like, oh, actually, the Empire aren't, aren't, aren't very good. And then she 
just agrees, and she's like, "Yeah, I'll go and I'll go and sort it out and go and see my old pal Saul Guerrero." Um, <laughs> and then I've written it down as I wrote down every single time while we were watching Kenobi, Jimmy Smiths. <laughs> just... <laughs> I just wrote it down. I can't believe he was in this. You love Jimmy Smith, don't you? I do. I can't believe he was in this film. It was incredible. I forgot he was in it until I saw it. I was like, Jimmy Smith? I don't even say Battle and... of Ghana anymore. I, get, I was like, Jimmy Smith? No, I know. It's just Jimmy Smith. And so he mentions, doesn't he, about Obi-Wan. He says, he says I'm going to go and see an old friend, doesn't he? Yes. So it all, it's all connect. It's bloody brilliant I'm um, he never gets there I, i'm assuming he doesn't either um they basically they don't trust Jin, do they so andor um doesn't trust Jin with a blaster um and <laughs> it's they're on the so sh- funny. And it's so good and they're just basically cracking jokes aren't they about them all the all the time and honestly it's just k2so is one of my favorite characters ever alan tudyk plays that role to perfection yeah i um every time he says something you you sit on the edge of your seat like what's he gonna say what's he gonna say because you know it's gonna be good honestly it's it's bloody brilliant um gonna skip slightly ahead um just because these notes aren't going down very fast um so i'm just gonna say something about saw guerrera um forrest whitaker his acting is so melodramatic, it's insane. Yeah, it's like really chilled out, but really not at the same time, if that makes sense. It's mental. It's I don't know what's going on with the way he's speaking. His eyes are bulging out. He looks yeah. crazy. He's supposed to be unwell, isn't he? I think, he is supposed to be unwell. He's at the same mad. time, he's stood upright. He's, he's talking in a normal rhythm. He just obviously, his voice is a bit whiffy. Um, it is a bit whiffy, a bit whiff, a little bit whiffy, and he's got the um, Vader breather thing, doesn't he? And it scares right, yeah. Bodhi, yeah, yeah, because he's got um, almost like a full suit on, hasn't he? Pretty much. And then his head's just poking out the top with his crazy hair, which apparently was a reshoot. Oh, okay. Why? Well, <laughs> I don't know. So originally, in the original trailer for this film, um. Basically, what happens is is you see him and he's got like the hair that he has in all the other TV shows and stuff. Yeah. But in this, for some reason, they reshot it and he has this big hair and it's very strange. Um, Maybe they're trying anyway, to make him look in, like a recluse. Pretty much. But th- at this point, we're introduced to, and I could never tell how to spell it or what he actually says to the bogullet. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? I don't know. I've put B-O-R-G-U-L-L-E-T. It's just he's like, he looks at Bodhi in the eyes and just goes, Bogolet! And it's like, what does he say? What's he saying there? I Yeah, I didn't catch that bit. I was like, he said something. Yeah, he just says it, maybe, yeah. Bogolet! Um, anyway, um, I wasn't as offended at the CGI remake as Tarkin. No, I thought, yeah, I thought the same thing because I'm sure I remember watching it last time and thinking, oh, that CGI is terrible. But actually, watching it this time, I was like, that's actually really good. It did it really well. It was, 
Like, I think if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Because I remember when, because I went to see this with Rachel, and I remember coming out, and I remember saying to her, oh, I thought that um, CGI character was really good. And she, I think she was like, oh, you mean K2SO? And I was like, no, the old man, Tarkin. Mm, yeah. And she didn't didn't even clock that it was a CGI man. No. Which I think is astounding. Really it looked really realistic, um, unlike others, which we'll mention later. Um, yes, but, unlike others. But he looked really good, and the voice was good, and the character had purpose as well. It wasn't just there for a bit of a oh, oh, <laughs> moment. <laughs> um, yeah, he was great. Uh, typical Tarkin acted exactly how you'd expect him to act as well. Yeah, it's good. It's, I think it's just sort of nice speech. I think maybe if it was me making the film, because um, I did think in a few parts his mouth did look a little bit funny. I think yeah. maybe because obviously the technology wasn't quite there yet, I think they should have done all the bits of talking, just put him on a hologram. Maybe, yeah. Because um, they can do that in Star Wars, can't they, quite easily? Yeah, it's, just it put him on a hologram. That, Around that era where they just started to sort of dabble into the deep fakes, wasn't it? Because they did obviously have yeah. Paul Walker in Fast and Furious around that time as well. Um, so the technology wasn't amazing, but he didn't look too bad. He didn't, but I think they wanted to because I think they wanted to show it off, didn't they? Though, like, yes, it's it's like that's a technological marvel. He's, I mean, he's dead. He's been dead for like thirty years. <laughs> like, and they've got his face on the big screen. His face is back. His face is back in a big way. Um, he's, we now skip back, don't we? Back to Jeddah. Um, and we're at like a Jedi temple, which is where Saw Gerrera is. He is, isn't he? Um, yeah. There's like giant statues of Jedi which have fallen over in the desert. And I think the scale of everything in this film is fantastic. You can really see like how small something is if that makes sense yeah they they're really good at yeah scaling things and and giving a sense of the the sizing of the objects in the environment you you feel the the environment feels really immersive in the films you you feel like there's a lot more to it than just what you're seeing on the screen and they set the scene really well they set the atmosphere and the tone as well i think the way they present the scenes sets the tone for what's going on if that makes sense yes it does make a lot of sense yeah yeah, um, so yeah, I, I liked that. I liked it as well. Um, so obviously we get back to Jeddah, where the Jedi Temple, where Saw is. Now the Bogullet, or whatever the hell it's called, um, is I've just put the Bogullet is just a big squid thing that can read minds. Yeah, it's a bit... It That's reminds me it of... I, I don't think you'd have watched this, but going back to Doctor Who, there was an episode of Peter Capaldi called Time Heist, and they had this big creature called the Teller, which... Um, had these like long sort of it looked a bit like a snail's head that it had it was this upright creature with like hooves like elephant hooves for feet but it was very humanoid but had these almost like the head of a big snail like so these two big eyes on stalks oh yeah and it I've would got read it people's minds and turn their brains to mush because it wanted oh. to it was a the guardian of like the the biggest bank in the universe so if people were there to do cons or steal things it would detect their guilt and then turn their brain to soup Ooh, lovely. And it reminds me of that wow. a bit. Yeah, I've got it up now. Looks mad. Looks absolute madness. I assume it's like a little um, orange prison jumpsuit. Yeah, 
So he, you find out that he's kept prisoner. But anyway, yeah, it reminds me a bit of that. Like right. a mind worm. Um, the mind worm. I'm just searching to see if it... it yes! It is Borgullet, sorry. It actually is Borgullet. There you go. So it's two words. It's B-A-R, then gullet, like I said. So Borgullet, canon, official canon, is... Um, so we've got a... We've got a quote here which says, um, Bor has this incredible mind, but it is hampered by body. So we use that design as inspiration. He's a bit like Jabba the Hutt. It's not like Jabba the Hutt. I'm going <laughs> to take that and say it's not like Jabba the Hutt. Um, there's a quote here from Saul Guerrero to Bodhi Rook. Perfect for this moment. Um, Borgullet can feel your thoughts. No lie is safe. Borgullet will know the truth. The unfortunate side effect is that one tends to lose one's mind. Hmm. And he's the so Borgullet. Oh, so Borgullet is its name. Oh, so not the name of the species. No. So Borgullet was a purple-skinned myron. Ah, we're finding out more and more as we go along here. here. Go a myron, myron also referred to as boars, were a sentient were semi-sentient multi-tentacled multipod my god species who are native to mares. Um they had a unique ability to read minds and as a result they were often used as a form of torture by the Galactic Empire. Oh well, that makes sense then how they uh, made their way into that because they were users it there and then weren't they? Yeah um, that's pretty much all, all we have on it really. Appearances, Rogue One, some novelizations of Rogue One, um, something called Doctor Afra. In twenty sixteen, I don't know what this is. Something to do with Star Wars. Oh, it's a comic. Oh, okay. Ah, so yes, Afra is. I've been reading the Vader comics, and Afra is in those. A P H R A. Is that how yeah. it's spelled? Yeah, so she um she's in some of the first Vader comics. I don't know if she's in it beyond that, I've not got that far, but she's like a mechanic, she works with droids and things. Right. Um, okay. and Vader uses her to help do some heist type jobs. Alright, well in Doctor Afra issues twenty one to twenty six Um there is a Marin, Marin, Myron, whatever they're called. There you go. It? A Borgullet. Oh, okay. Great stuff. Anyway, we we're back from the Borgullet. So it basically reads Bodhi's mind to try and get some information out of him. Um, then um, we're back with Jin and Churrit Imwe senses Jim's, Jin's kyber crystal around her neck. Um, so he's him and oh, what's his name? What's. Um, Oh. What was the other guy's name with the big gun? Oh, it escapes me. Just Chirrut Imway, and I definitely wrote it down earlier on. Bay, is it Bay's Malgus? That rings a bell. I'm pretty sure it's Bay's Malgus. I'm just skipping ahead very quickly to the bits near the end. Um, Bay's, Bay's. I know there's Darth Malgus. 
but that's Bane. not who this is. No. <sighs> anyway, um, Cherry Inway says. Baze Malbus. Baze Malbus, there we go, Baze Malbus, knew it. So Chira Inway, who's with Baze Malbus, um, they're base, both base. They're both like protectors of the Jedi Temple, aren't they? They are, yeah. And um, Chira Inway, I, I love that character. I think he's so he's so he's calm, amazing. isn't he? And he's just, he's one with the Force, and the Force is with him. The Force is definitely with him at all times. <laughs> Honestly, his <laughs> character is absolutely incredible he's a great actor um so basically the rebels attack um some stormtroopers who are basically trying to carry some kyber crystals don't they and this is a, this is a big bloody fight that ensues um and then they all end up getting captured um and Chira, with Chira and Baze Malbus um and I just thought this is this is possibly the best line in the entire film they're all getting bags put on their heads to be dragged away to um, to what's his name? Forrest Whitaker's place. Um, and Saul Guerrero. <laughs> Saul Guerrero, that's his name. And Chira Imwe, who, if you didn't know in this film, is blind. They oh put God, a bag the on his head. <laughs> yeah, they put a bag on his head. So and obviously you can't even see, and he just goes, "Are you kidding me? I'm blind." <laughs> it's such a good I line, <laughs> but it's so quiet, like you could miss it. It's I, I, so good. Yeah, though. he just says it so subtly, like, "Are you kidding me? I'm blind." Like, just, as if he's almost like just disappointed with them for feeling like they needed to do it. And he's like, "How did I get captured by these idiots? <laughs> How did this happen?" Um, he just has no fear. I love it. He has no fear, it's great. Uh, and it cuts to him in prison with everyone else, and he's saying the famous line, I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me, I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me, I'm one with the Force. The Force is with me, which is great. It's such a nice... Cause he's trying to channel the Force, isn't he? Because he's not really yeah. a Force user, but the no. Force allows him to have some power. He believes in the Force. That's the main thing. And I think it gives him hope. And it helps him feel strong. And maybe it's a placebo effect, but he certainly feels as though he is connected to the Force, even well, if he I might mean, not I be. I think he must. He must have be getting something from it, because or like the wills must be giving him some form of power, because like he, he knew the Kyber Crystal was there. He could sense it. Yeah, so maybe he has some, yeah, some form of connection. I think he but must it's, do. It's uh, great yeah. to hear him say it and just to see that... that Blind faith, no pun intended, that he has in the force. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so, Saw basically gets Jin out of jail. Um, there's a big projection hologram from Bodhi Rook of Galen's message, and it's basically him saying, This is how you destroy the Death Star. You need to shoot this place and it'll blow it up. But if you want the actual plans of how to actually find it when you get to the Death Star, you need to go to a place called Scarif. Um, which is basically probably also one of my favourite planets that's ever been in a Star yeah, Wars it was, film. It was a fun little map on the Battlefront 2 game as well, the Scarif base. so good on Battlefront 2. Yeah. So yeah, good. Scarif's great, it's beautiful. It looks so so good, doesn't it? The the blues as well. I love, I love a good shade yes. of blue. It's beautiful. Um, this is a point in the film where the Death Star, it isn't... It's not... It's not complete. It's not fully operational yet. Um, it's getting there. They're just though. about to. It's about there. 
and Tarkin decides, let's do a bloody test. You let's test it on Jeddah City. Yeah, and uh, it's a chance for um, Krennic, it's Krennic, isn't it? Yeah, to, I doubted myself then, to show off what he's been making, what he's been working on. Exactly, even though he hasn't, it's been Galen. <laughs> it has been Galen, but he's been taking the credit, hasn't he? Yes, he has. The awesome credit, you could say. Ooh. That was a pun. Punny. The best pun you'll ever hear. Um, so I didn't realise until, obviously, until this film, that they could basically change the strength of a Death yeah. Star blast. I assumed it was just like... <laughs> it was. It's just sorry. like, one and done. I suppose it's a bit like nuclear weapons. They have different yields. You can choose whether to use them tactically or whether to just go for obliteration. Yeah, and this one's like a little... Not little, because it destroys basically a gigantic crater in the planet. So yeah. basically they fire the fire the Death Star a little bit. Um, just a little bit. Just a little bit, and it destroys the entire Jeddah city. Um, and this is where Saw Gerrera dies. So Saw Gerrera, if you haven't heard of him before this, he's in the entire Clone Wars series. Um, he's in a, is he in a bit of Rebels as well? I'm not sure about Rebels he, he yeah. might well be um, I've not watched all of Rebels he's also in Jedi Fallen Order yes he is in Jedi Fallen Order for about 5 minutes well, if that, it, for about for about 30 seconds oh god um, he is in Jedi Fallen Order and he's great in Jedi Fallen Order yeah he appears on Kashyyyk for a little bit he does um, not sure is he also played by Forrest Whitaker <laughs> he looks like Forrest Whitaker in the game He's, I'm going to have has, a look. I'm not sure if right he actually now. played him, but the animation is definitely Forrest Whitaker. Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I'm going to go on IMDb for it. I'm going to look at the cast list. This is incredible listening for everyone who's listening. I'm scrolling down right now. It is! There we go. Now we know. It actually is. It is Forrest Whitaker. It actually is amazing. him. So they got him to do the old uh, dots on the face. Black suit. That's amazing. Oh, great. It actually is Forrest Whitaker. That's good stuff. Um, so anyway, um, so Jetta gets blown up. Um, Bodhi is now with the core crew. Um, Krennic gets absolutely buggered over by Tarkin. Tarkin basically takes his role and takes all the credit for himself. Um, then there's a big plan, isn't there, to steal an Imperial ship. There is. There's a nice it's little a uh, a, a ruse going on. It is a little ruse, and it's because is it so? They have to steal it. It's because that's the only way to get to Scarif, isn't it? They want to get to a certain base, don't they? Where they believe Galen Erso to be? Because I'm sure, unless I'm jumping ahead. No, you're on the right bit, but I think they go there to steal the. Um, the ship the to get to Scarif. Oh, that's but it. Yeah, Galen's also there, and Andor's been told to kill him. Yes, and he yes. doesn't, does he? No. So basically, they get to this place um, to steal this ship, um, and Galen Erso's there as well, and Jin's there as well. So obviously, it's her dad. And she hasn't seen him in years, and Andor lines up the shot, but then he doesn't take it, does he? He doesn't take the no. shot. Um. And then Jin get because he, he think he doesn't take the shot because he sees that Jin's up there, doesn't he? Like yeah. she's like climbing or something. That's when he stops. He does stop right then and there. Um, 
And then basically the rebels end up attacking the entire place, gets bombed. Um, and then Galen dies in Jin's arms. So her dad, Ooh. she gets to see her dad for the last time. Um, then they get to steal the ship, and that's how they're going to get into Scarif and steal these Death Star plans. But this, this is the point, everyone. This is the point where we get our first live-action look at Vader's castle. We do, because Krennic has to report to him on Mustafar, doesn't he? He does. He has to go there and report to him. Um, and I loved it. Like When I was watching the film and we suddenly see the Bacta tank, and we see it draining. I'm like, oh my god, that's Vader. That's Vader. Um, really excited to see him. And just the way when Krennic walks in and we see the the smoke or steam, whatever it is, coming out. And we just see Vader's silhouette walk through. It's just magical. It's so good. It's like... I mainly went to see this film just to see Darth Vader. That's all I wanted. hoping to get a glimpse of him. Yeah, I was like, he's got to be in it. He's got to be in a good chunk. He wasn't in it. He's not in it as much as I'd like. But he is in it. They they say, don't they, with Vader, you, you can't give people too much of him too early on. You have to kind of sprinkle him in because yes. part of Vader's aura or his awe that you get when you see him is that we don't get treated to it so much just how dangerous and how aggressive he is. It's It's... So when you do see it, it's a massive treat. Whereas if you saw it all the time, people do, they don't want people to become numb to Vader. They want him to still have that big presence of, oh, okay, yeah, Vader's here. Whereas after a while, there he is again. Big, big yeah, robot exactly. man. Big, <laughs> big robot man. Yeah, That's but exactly we see him come is. out and he has some of the... He, he obviously talks to Krennic in a very patronising way, doesn't he? And very much, you know, know your place kind of thing. And then we get one of the best lines didn't we <laughs> oh it's so good it's like it's sort of a nice little conversation um basically like you said he's putting him in his place he has a big telling off um and then vader walks away and krennic's saying something to him and then he suddenly can't talk and he's being force choked from behind and vader turns around hand in the air choking him and he looks over his shoulder and he just says, be careful not to choke on your aspirations, director. And then walks away to the sound of the Imperial, Imperial March. March. Yeah. It's so good. The, just the puns, be careful not to choke on your aspirations. I loved it. I loved it's it. such a good line. Yeah. So good. And I've written down, um, seeing Vader in this is even better after watching Obi-Wan. <laughs> Even more so because we kind of we know a bit more what Vader's like around that time period now, don't we? Um, so getting to see him again, I'm like, oh, it's another little treat, another little return to Vader. We know where his mind's at. We know every, we know a lot more about him now uh, and how he's feeling around that time period. Yeah, it, it was so good. It is honestly like I think just seeing just seeing Vader on screen makes me very very happy. Um, this is a point where all the rebels finally agree. Um, they team up um, to decide to all team up together and nick the data on Scarif. Um, uh, they arrive um, in the stolen ship and they just get through. They just get through, don't they? Yeah, it's pretty smooth, isn't it? Yeah, they just sort of turn up, get through, all done, good stuff. Um and I've written again, Scarif is one of my favourite planets because it, it just looks, looks so, so different. It looks so, so different to everything else. Yeah, it's not too spacey, is it? 
No, not all. It's like um, it's like somewhere in it's like Spanish coastline or like Ibiza or something. Yeah, something or like even that. like a Caribbean island. It's like yes, a desert like island, Arab- isn't it? It is. It's like um, Jamaica, the planet, an oasis. Mmm, lovely a little oasis. Mm. Very nice, a mixed berry flavor. Um, <laughs> and then this is the bit I was talking to you about it earlier before we started to record. Out of all the people to be in this film, I remember it annoyed me when I first watched it. I don't know which one it is. It's either Rizzle or it's Kicks. It's one of the two. It's Rizzle oh, Kicks. Oh, one, one of the one of the. Those. One of the Rizzle Kicks are in it. If you don't, <laughs> I didn't notice. I really yeah, didn't notice. Uh, Rizzle Kicks. Honestly, search right now. I'm telling you right now oh, wow. to search Rizzle Kicks Rogue One. I'm searching it as well. He's there. It's um, Jordan from Rizzle Kicks. It says here Rogue One. Jordan from Rizzle Kicks is a oh, secret yeah. Star Wars cameo. It's not a secret Storden cameo. Tonk. What's his name? Storden Tonk. Storden Tonk. Looks, yeah, looks like that's his name in it, Stored and Tonk. That is a horrific name. Oh my god, Rogue One made over a billion. Ooh. Successful Lord. film. I think because people enjoyed Episode 7 so much when it came out, um, yeah. people were excited, even more excited to see this, and it was better. It, it, I, I definitely think it was better. Um, but yeah, r- r- some part of Rogue Kicks, Rizzle Kicks, a part of Rizzle Kicks... If you don't know, Rizzle Kicks are a British duo um, who had some absolute banger of some songs, didn't they? Yeah, sort of late noughties, early tens, wasn't it? That kind of era. They did like some collabs with Oli Murs. Yes, they um, did. They were good. Yeah, they were really good. Sort of hip hop, um, pop music. If there's anything that I've got to say, it's um, Mama Do the Hump. Mama. Do the Hump, Hump, Hump. Did the hump hump hump? That's one of their songs. I'm not just saying that. I didn't mean to say twice. Uh, Who knows? Um, I'm not just saying that. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. What was that? Um, Get down with the trumpets. Get down with the trumpets. (laughs) And they did hot hits a beat with Wally Murs. Oh, was that them as well? Yeah. Yeah. Oh bloody hell! Um, This is um, your weekly noughties pop music podcast. That's what this is. It's not films anymore. It's pop music. Change of time. From the We're changing it up. It's not films anymore. Um, can you imagine <laughs> if we actually just stopped and just said, this is a Rizzle Kicks podcast? Yeah, well, that, from now on, we're just going to be reviewing Rizzle Kicks songs. We're going to take two just hours Rizzle for Kicks each songs. episode. There's not There's a so lot. much lore behind the Rizzle Kicks. There the is. There's not Kicks. a lot of songs, <laughs> but we can get about seven years worth of podcasts out of that, I'll tell you. Definitely. And maybe nine. Maybe nine years. Can you imagine? Yeah. I don't <laughs> um, want to. I don't want to imagine that. Um, so, Jin and or um, I was going to say K two S O, but he doesn't need to disguise himself. Um, they disguise themselves um, by knocking some people out, like they do in A New Hope. Um, they get in to Scarif into the base, actually inside the base, um, while the, all the rebels are all around Scarif planting bombs and then once again there's a big bloody battle and everyone's getting shot and I think this is probably one of my favourite space battles in all of Star Wars. It's It's just so well shot and did you know there's a mix of old footage from the Star Wars films? With the the leaders in the X-Wings like Gold Leader 
as well. I noticed that when they shot to the cockpits, it looked like it was old footage. Yeah, it is. So basically, they took footage, literally just clips from the other films, so Empire Strikes Back and um, Return of the Jedi and A New Hope. Don't know why I did it in that order. Um, that's the <laughs> order it came out. I mean, why? what, what order did I do it in? Um, the... Um, they put that footage in because obviously if you're watching this we'll get onto it in a bit but it it, it leads straight in to the next film it does it, it it's literally the end of this film is the start of the next film so it makes sense to have that footage they'd all be the same age they'd all be you know looking the same and doing the same jobs I'd imagine yeah so i mean the same jobs he's like hmm, i'm going to quit being in the rebellion and become a chef <laughs> I mean, that would be an incredible, incredible change. Um, but yeah, the space battles, fantastic. It's sort of in space and then above Scarif as well. It's a great time. Um, then the sadness of it all, K2, he's unfortunately killed. Um, so he's hold, holding off. And this is a theme about main characters, which is coming straight up right now. Um, K2 is killed... Because he's holding off all the stormtroopers, isn't he? While Jin and Cassian are trying to get this data in a big cylindrical room. Yes, there's a, a bit of a showdown, isn't there? Just a little bit of a showdown. Because <laughs> you've kind of got two things going on at once with that, haven't you? You've got um, Jin and Cassian, and then there's K2SL on his mission as well to support them. Yeah, he is, and he's sort of he's trying to defend and. I, it's not really like he's been in a situation where he's got that many stormtroopers trying to kill him but anyway they end up overpowering him he gets shot a couple of times and he holds them off for as long as he can and with sort of his dying basically the last dying energy within him he raises his arms and he smashes this entire control panel um, stopping any stormtroopers from getting in but then that did make me think couldn't he have just done that and then pretended to be not reprogrammed he could have done, yeah, but I think him doing it caused the whole thing to explode, didn't it? And so, I don't know. but maybe, who knows? Um, anyway, they get um, they have to climb up and get this little data pack, which looks like That's a gigantic um, floppy disk, doesn't it? Yeah. So the the towers, the thing that they're climbing up, they're climbing up like a big cylindrical data drive, aren't they? Yeah. Trying to get what they need, and yeah, they find the the big floppy disk. They do. They find a big, a big, a big floppy disk, um, and then they end up getting to the top. And Cassian, does he get shot or does he get pushed off? I think he gets shot because Krennic's there, isn't he? Yeah, Krennic point. is there. Um, but anyway, there, he, Cassian falls. Yeah, because Krennic turns up and he tells Jim to go. Yeah, he does tell her to go. But we think. Cassian's dead at this point because it's sort of like yes. you see him, he lands, and that's usually if you see somebody land, they're dead. That's yeah, usually so the you rule. assume he's done for, don't you? Yeah, and she and just then, keeps climbing. <laughs> she does, she just keeps climbing. She's like, right, well, I've got to get out of here. Um, but then instead of following Jin, we cut now to Chirrut and Bays. Um, they die. Um, <laughs> they, they get <laughs> they need blown to up by the shields, don't they? <laughs> they do, yeah, so they have to disable all the shields. Um, Ah, but first they need to activate the radio tower yes, so that they yes, can tell them to deactivate the shields. Exactly. Um, 
But they get blown up, don't they, by some deaths, death troopers. Yeah, well, Chirrut does his um, one with the Force, the Force is with me, and just walks through a rain of blaster fire without it's taking great. a single shot to be able to uh, activate the tower. And then he dies to, to the stormtroopers. And then uh, Baze Malbus then tries to go on a run, doesn't he, to... Sort of a, to sacrifice himself or a heroic last stand, and yeah, unfortunately, kaboom. Unfortunately, up. kaboom. Exactly. Now, in I think it was either week one or week two of doing Star Wars films, it was either episode one or episode two. I said that when we got to Rogue One, I would talk about what I remember from somewhere. I remember it was when the f- film first came out, and it's how this scene was originally meant to be. Okay. So, allegedly, this is from what my, if my memory serves me correctly, what it was meant to be is, so, obviously, Vader, in the original films, is really, really slow. Yes. But we don't really see how he gets from, gets to being that slow. Now, obviously, we do know that because of, what happens in Obi-Wan Kenobi, he gets his back sliced up. Yes. Um, and he gets absolutely destroyed. But the original plan, if my memory serves me correctly, was going to be Baze and Chirrut slowly, like, chipping away at his armour. Oh, right. So they like, going to turn up at this point. Yeah, and, like, injuring him even more than he was before. And that was going to be how those two died. Oh, that would have been really cool. Yeah, so it, yeah, so it would have been, wouldn't it? So it's like Vader's on, and it's that. Can you imagine how much of like so it's like Vader's landed on Scarif, and like, can you just imagine his cape in the water and everything? That would be. So I would have been so good. That I would have loved to have seen that. I'm I'm gutted they didn't include it. Yeah, and that was meant to be like why he's so slow and stuff because like Chira and Bay's like basically. Beat the ever loving crap out of them. Yeah, but He's then quite he quick obviously in Rogue One still, isn't he? He is towards the end, but I think that was sort of a late addition to put that in at the end, which I'm yeah, glad was, they did. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll get to that in a brief second. Um, Jin is now at the top of the Citadel. Um, Krennic corners her on the edge of this thing, and she's like, "Ah, oh, you've you've bloody got me, um, but you've not won because I've nicked this. Um, you can't do anything." And he's like, "Oh." I'm I'm gonna bloody gonna bloody shoot you, and then <laughs> a bullet comes out of nowhere, and it's Cassian, and he's not dead, and he's like, "Woohoo! I've I've killed, I've killed I'm that alive. Australian man." <laughs> he's like, "I'm alive, I'm alive." Take my um, strong hand. Come <laughs> on, grab my strong hand. Um, <laughs> then up, up in the sky, um, a ship is destroyed, and it crashes, doesn't it, into whatever's generating the shield yes. around the entire planet, and then it cuts it off, and then they send the data with this big thing up into um, Admiral Akbar's Admiral yes. Akbar's cousins, I think. I think it he is. He's his cousin, because he's the it's... same species. He's a Mon, Mon Calamari. Calamari. Yes. Um, but he's he's darker in colour than Admiral blue, Admiral isn't Admiral's he? kind of orange, and he's yeah, like a navy blue sort of colour. Yeah, I think um, it, I'm pretty but... sure it's his cousin. Yeah, potentially. I'm sure he's an Akbar. Um, but Riz Ahmed manages to finally relay the uh, the plans, doesn't he? Through the shield yeah, so to he... Cousin Akbar. 
he does. So he plugs it in, and then everything everything starts to work. Um, and then they all go down. Jin and Cassian are on a beach, and then Tarkin says his classic line of "You may fire when ready." And then <laughs> we get like a little, another little poof from the Death Star, and it kills. Jin and Cassian, and so that's all the main characters dead. So this is a one and done. Those characters ain't coming back yeah, unless it's a gone. prequel TV series on Disney Plus. It's um, kind of nice though to know it's a one off and that they can just kill the characters making heroic sacrifices. It's a brave rather thing than, to do. Oh, they look done for, but look, someone swooped in at the last moment to pick them up in a <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> can you imagine a helicopter? A helicopter in Star Wars. <laughs> I, did, I like should have said it's a, a space shuttle. <laughs> just, just drop like an Apache, like, hello. <laughs> it's just like the actual army. It's just like the Royal Marines. <laughs> and you're like, what? What's going on? I was on? made on Scarif, but I was born in the Royal Navy. <laughs> if you can fix a Death Star, you can fix a planet. If you can fix a planet, you can fix a lightsaber. <laughs> oh, what a great advert that is. If you um, can fix a protocol droid, you're Babu Frick. Hey. You are, you are just, hey. <laughs> uh, so Jin and Cassian die, um, and then um, probably the best Darth Vader scene ever. It's up there for sure. Ever? No. Yeah. I, okay, You're yeah. wrong. Ever. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's the best. It's so good. It's just the lighting. So Darth Vader stood behind all of these um, rebels and it's just complete darkness and you hear the sirens going off and it's just his lightsaber in the darkness and you can just see just his Darth Vaderiness. Yeah, you hear his breathing, didn't you? And you think it's coming and then red lightsaber and he he just lays into him, doesn't he? It's He's just chopping him up. He's just lifting him up. Snapping their necks, it's... and the the bit that gets me, what makes it so intense, is where the door can't open, and yeah, guy, and the guy's trying to get uh, the plans through, and he, and he puts his hand through the plans, and he's just like, take it, take it, and, and then, then as soon like as the, someone takes it, <laughs> it's like the lightsaber comes through him, comes through the door, and then the door slices open, and Vader's chopping more bloody people, and then the guy dives, and then it cuts perfectly into the start of Episode Four. It's so good. With it's so good. I'm smiling right now. I'm so hyped right I now. I love just, like, it. Thinking I love that. About it. The way he like lifts the guy up onto the ceiling and then just like slams him down and cracks his neck and then he's deflecting blaster bolts. He's slicing through them and he's doing it so effortlessly. Like he doesn't even care. He's like, yeah, out of the way. Come on, give me what, give me what I need. And then yeah, we get the the data card handed to, to Princess Leia, don't we? In what is not the best CGI deepfake. It was. It was- fine um at least they didn't use it as much as they did Tarkin um no I feel like it wasn't as good because it uh, because it wasn't as good in my mind that means that it was sort of a late in the day decision to put that little bit at the end Tarkin's as well his face was always in like dark lighting as well whereas hers had like quite a harsh lighting on it so it's probably easier to see the yeah the discrepancies the, the the I can't think of the word but the mistakes the things that weren't amazing yes things that weren't yes. as higher quality as we'd want them to be 
I think that has brought us neatly to the end. Now, like we said last week, that uh, these usual episodes are about one hour ten, one hour twenty. But I did write five pages of notes for yeah. that one, um, and I don't know why. I don't know how, but I did. But did. And I wrote five pages of notes. Um, I think this because there's a lot happens in that film. There's there's a lot of content, and there's lots of funny little bits that you think, hey. So there's lots of dialogue. There's lots of little puns, lots of little... Oh, look at that. Uh, little Easter eggs. There is. And it, what's the one that I forgot? Oh, there's those two guys, aren't they, in the, who are from the bar in Tatooine gets the hand chopped off by Obi-Wan? Yes, they are. The, yeah. I, I noticed that he called. was in it. I've forgotten their names entirely, mm. but I don't like you either. Yeah. Yes, like so that. in A New Hope, which we'll talk about next week, um, Obi-Wan cuts the arm off of this guy in in um, the cantina on Tatooine and those two characters are on Jeddah but obviously they must have left immediately after that because they didn't get killed by the Death Star yeah they must have escaped somehow but I did notice them on there that was a nice little oh there we go little easter egg it's great good stuff when stuff like that happens um so usually at the end of these things this is how it goes we have a rating system of naught to five naught being the best five being the worst it is based off of Anakin's awful lines about talking about how coarse the sand is on Tatooine in episode 2 Revenge of the Sith of Star Wars Um, 0 is sort of like glass 5 is like sandpaper the roughest thing you could ever think of and last week we came up with a 6 which is a pebble beach because nobody wants to sit (laughs) on a pebble beach you don't want to get a little pebble up your bum no one wants that No. so Jamie, what are you giving this? I think I'm going to give it a 1.5. Ooh, that's a high one. It is quite high. I really like the story. I really like the characters. I like the fact as well that it was one and done and they've left it alone since. It was perfect as it was. It had nice bits of nostalgia in it, but not overly saturated. And it was a well-rounded story with, with some great characters. Um... I don't know what I would have wanted to see more to make it higher. Um, but no, I, I really liked it. Good stuff. That's an, I think a 1.5 is a respectable score for this film. I'm going to go a 0. 0.5, 0. 0.5. It's you, not you complete... Would, yeah, have it up there, didn't you? It's not completely glass. Um, there's a few things that I would change. I think, I think there might be a bit too many characters in it like maybe chop a couple out um, yeah um don't jump around the planets as much just keep it a bit more central but apart from that it's still probably my favorite star wars film just because of yeah. the content i think it proves that you can do something star wars without a lightsaber yes it was, and that's it was... why that's why afterwards the mandalorian is such a good success because obviously they learned this is how to make good characters who aren't Jedi. And some of the best Star Wars content doesn't have Jedi in it. And it's nice, exactly. but then we, we like it when we see it. But also the show itself is like good on its own. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, if you've watched Rogue One recently um, and you've been listening to this and you've been keeping up with Star Wars news, which seems to be every single day there's something new Star Wars coming out, um, there is a TV series about Cassie Nandor, the main character of this 
very film a prequel um and apparently it's been announced that series one is going to be set over a year and then series two is going to be set over three years Ooh. and the end of series two is going to lead into rogue one that would be really good to see i do think it's a weird character to do a tv series about but yeah. you know but we'll see what happens. We'll go it, with it. It might just be a case that they want to have a TV series about what's going on in the Empire at that time. And he was a character that was about that we know. And they figured that, well, hey, why not have him as the main protagonist? Why not? I mean, probably Felicity Jones was doing something else. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Probably too busy. <laughs> too busy filming too, Hollywood movies. Too busy filming those Hollywood movies. Anyway, the music's playing right now. Um... Thank you very much for joining us for this very special episode of Rogue One-ish. Rogue One-ish, that's the name of the podcast. Um, I don't know what's going on now. My brain's absolutely gone. I need to go to sleep, but I need to edit this podcast first. Um, <laughs> all good stuff. Um, we'll see you next week with The I about to say, the Force Awakens. A new, yeah, a new hope. hope. Au revoir. Goodbye. Bye. See ya.